Welcome to the Unpacking Sunday podcast, where we take a deeper look at what God is speaking to you, to our church, and to the world around us. So grab a coffee, sit back, and let's unpack it together. All right, we did it. That was our third take to start this podcast night. Yeah, we didn't get very far. We made it to the all right. Yeah, we got there twice, and and it was wrong both times. So third time's a charm, I've heard. It's the trinity of all right. Perfection. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why why we did it. It's true. Yeah, that's, I mean... I was going to say speak of the devil, but we're, we're not going <laughs> we're not to speak of the but devil. But we might have to actually with we, today's We topic. might have to bring him up at some point. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but yeah. that's not why we're here. No. 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 We're here to unpack Sunday. And what a Sunday it was. We oh, happy wrap- anniversary, by the way. Like not wedding anniversary, but work anniversary. Hap- oh, thank you. Your yes. two-year work anniversary is in August. Two years as of, as of coming back. You're right, in August. Yeah. yeah. And um and then two years as an intern as well. I don't know if that counts. It's not consecutive, so maybe not. Interns not real job. Interns not, not a real job. job. Yeah. Well, I was intern for two months, and then I worked here for the other uh, year and ten not months. Real. But not real. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not real. <laughs> anyway, happy at work anniversary. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. It's yeah. good to it's good to be known. Yeah. yeah. Josh at crcfchurch.com if yeah. you want to send any e-transfers <laughs> or yeah. like greetings or encouragement. What would the recommended um, yeah amount be, Mike? Well, What's appropriate for two years? if it doesn't have at least two zeros. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. One for every year of... of, of a zero for yeah. every year. <laughs> a zero yeah. for every year. <laughs> good. Okay. It's quite so the good. precedent we're setting here. Yeah. Right? yeah. Anyway, we're kidding. We're kidding. Yeah. Please know that's a joke. Yeah. yeah. But we are here to unpack Sunday. So this Sunday... We talked, we wrapped up our series on unity. We did. Yeah. And this summer we've been going through this idea of uh, what unity looks like, what it is even, if it's important, why it's important. That'll give you a hint on what we think on if it's important. Uh, And this week we finished up uh, with the final verse of this section in Ephesians chapter four. And uh, yeah, so it was one God and father of all who was over all and through all and in all. And we dug into what each of those ideas means. Uh, I know you brought the, the point up that the original text says over all of us, through all of us, and in all of us. Um, just if you weren't sure. On yeah, if you weren't sure. If that, if that wasn't clear. Because some people use this verse to say like, oh, well, then God's everyone's father. Right. Right, there's no need to like have faith in Jesus or like any of that kind of stuff. He's just, we're all part of the family of God as human beings. Mm-hmm. Which then, you know, goes in contradiction with the whole idea of adoption to, to sonship and to and just daughtership. Like the whole and three two. chapters before what we're reading. And just pretty much the whole New Testament. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So anyway, it's important to notice that of us all. Yeah, part. absolutely. Yeah. So what, um, as you were, you know, going through this, this sermon and after you preached it, Based on some of the feedback that you got, what are what are some things that stuck out for people, or maybe even what stuck out for you? What stuck out for me? I think I gave it away on Sunday. I think like it always blows my mind, that, mm-hmm. like God, who's the creator of the universe, also can somehow be like intimately involved in my life. Yeah, and I think often we sometimes like fall one or the other on one side of the coin, right? Like God is just huge and like unknowable Mm -hmm. and or like god is super personal and uh we forget like the magnificence of who he is yeah like existentialist or individualistic yeah yeah we fall somewhere and usually we lean one way or the other where do you typically lean 
Um, or where did you lean, I guess, growing up? Yeah, good. I grew up in a, like, a tradition of church that, like, I think leaned toward, like, God is unknowable. Mm -hmm. And it's just huge. And, you know, we worship God, but we can't really know God. And then, like, I moved very quickly to a tradition that, like, was very individualistic Mm -hmm. and about experiencing God. And so I I probably, like, in every day lean toward, like, knowing God Mm -hmm. and experiencing God personally. And I can tend to forget how awesome he is, but then I'm – and huge he is. And then I'm confronted by verses like this that kind of just lay it all out in one sentence Mm -hmm. about, like, how – huge and sovereign and majestic God is and how intimately involved he is in our life at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that's what like, that's what I was trying to get across on Sunday at the end is like somehow God can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah. Not only is he like this, like huge God theos we talked about, Mm -hmm. but like he's our father who loves us and he is all of these things. It changes a lot of how we view God. If you remember this majestic God is actually your father. Right. The speaker about you. Yeah, it's the idea of like putting this perfect trinity back into how it's intended to be viewed as a trinity, mm-hmm. not as like s- separate beings. Like it's, I think this idea that we talk about like of, uh, you know, this big unknowable God versus this, this is just my subjective experience of God is kind of the same. Um, and we kind of forget about the Holy Spirit altogether when we do this, but it's the same dichotomy of, uh, oh yeah, this is my Lord, you know, this big uh, capital G Father God who's ready to lay down the hammer, and this is my versus this is my Savior Jesus who died just for me because you know we say that all the time. If nobody uh, else was alive, He would still come and die just for you. We're trying to put the emphasis on you, so we we get lost in that idea when we fail to to recognize that. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God are always together in perfect unity right. in each of those different stages. Right. We were even talking about that before the episode. Of, like, if if you had to pick, like, which person of the Trinity falls where, like, who's over? Who's, who's your favorite? Who, yeah. Who's your favorite? <laughs> yeah. Who's in? Yeah. All of those and then you recognize, like, how absurd that question yeah. is. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's actually all of them doing all of those yeah. things in different functions and forms. Yeah. Right. But with but one perfect yeah. will. Yeah. yeah. Towards, yeah. And one nature, right? Yeah. So I think that that's important for us to remember. Yeah. And we, yeah, I think we often put too much emphasis on on their different um functions like i remember growing up um every like youth conference i was at every like young adults night it would be like okay but what are like the personalities of the different uh members of the trinity what are their functions what's their personhood like and i was just like oh man it's so interesting how much time we spend about talking about how different all three of them are (laughs) when it's it's evident in the word Trinity that they are one, you know what I mean? So, um, like the tri-union. So it's, 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 it's interesting to see how the pendulum is kind of swinging back towards recognizing these three different persons all moving together in one step in these different realms of our life. Um, I think there was one part that we kind of teased that we're going to talk about on the podcast. And now we're here talking on the podcast. Yeah, so we might as well address it. Yeah, I think we have I to. I wasn't sure if we would go here. That's why I did say on Sunday, like, we might. Yeah, talk maybe. I mean. What if we said what we're saying right now and then didn't go there? Yeah, How mad would people be? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, well, they, don't even, they might not even remember which part of the sermon we're talking about. It's true. Yeah. Taking notes. Yep. 
Well, we were talking about um, overall. We were talking about God being sovereign overall. Yeah, and I immediately think like speaking of not separating the three parts, I immediately think of like God the Father overall. Right. Even though obviously, like we're it's saying, all. it's all. It's all. It's all overall. All overall. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about this idea that if God is overall, and He's sovereign, which we we know He is sovereign overall. And yet all these bad and terrible things are happening and have always happened. Does that mean God is in some way culpable for these bad or terrible things that he is sovereign over? Yeah. Did he cause these things or does he just allow them? And then maybe even more, does, does that matter? That distinction? Is that an important distinction? Yeah. I think that I'm not sure if the distinction matters if you understand understand God's sovereignty. Yeah. But I think we also need to understand like what is God's role in it and like where did these things these things that we don't like, these things that are bad in our life, where did they come from? Why are they here mm-hmm. anyways? Mm-hmm. And so you brought up an inter- interesting point when we were preparing for the episode today. Yeah. And uh, maybe you could just share that with us. Like Sure. Why do do these bad things happen anyways? Maybe we'll start with that. Why do bad things happen? Absolutely. Um, Kind of the point that I was bringing up earlier was, obviously we know that sin entered the world through one man, through Adam, right? And then so the repercussions of that sin, the just wages of sin, as we know from Romans, is is death. That's the the right thing that should happen. That's Mm -hmm. the good thing that should happen when sin happens. And so, um, like just clarified by good, you mean like the right, the right, proper response for sin is death. It's not a bad thing in and of itself. I'm going to look at this really objectively. So try to fall like it. No, exactly. Yeah. Just because our definition of death is negative and the connotations around it are, are associated with grief and with loss and, Mm -hmm. and we view it as this, this horrible thing. That doesn't mean that death itself is actually a quote-unquote bad thing. Mm. Death is the proper, just, and right response to sin. Here's where we start to... So if you're with... If I've already lost you. You've already turned this off and thought, wow, this guy's a little intense. Yeah, he's crazy. I'm just going to switch to the yeah. <laughs> podcast with Luke. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm going, I'm going the other side. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good. need a little more peace, but... Yeah. Okay, but if you're still with me, if you haven't turned this on yet, I'm glad you're still here. Let's keep going with this idea. So, death is the right, proper, and just response for our sin, regardless of if we're scared of it, if it gives us grief, loss, etc. Therefore, all these things that we consider to be, in our subjective experience, bad, and then we say, well, why can God let a bad thing happen? God must be bad. That's the natural conclusion we draw. But if this thing, death, isn't actually bad in the first place, then even if God is sovereign over it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make God bad all of a sudden. We are actually bad because we have sinned. Death is just the the just, right, and proper response to that sin. Now, the best part about this, what we often call the good news, is that the law, which prescribes this uh, death as a punishment for sin recipe, was never uh, capable to um, step in our place and to atone. It was never powerful enough to overcome uh, the grip of sin in our life. It was never going to um, take this this deserved punishment of death from us. And so God, 
as a grace, uh, gracious and loving and merciful God. He did that in our place. He did that in our step. He died for us so that we actually get to live forever. And I like this song that we were singing on Sunday. It was beautiful. Uh, I can't remember the words. I know the words, but the tune, maybe you can help me, Mike. You're going to maybe help me with the tune. <laughs> and so the song was saying like uh, this reward that I don't deserve hmm. and I haven't earned this reward of life that I, I do not deserve. Like this reward that has taken away the sting of death, um, which itself is a, a right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just because God is good and God is gracious mm-hmm. and he loves me, not because I deserve it in the slightest. And so without going to worm theology, um, you like that? Theology E. Yeah. yeah. Like um, without going too far down that rabbit hole, it really puts you into perspective when you sing like amazing grace, like literally what, and, and it really puts it into perspective when you think about the fall in the first place. Like people are like, Oh, how could a mean God punish you so severely for just right. eating this fruit? But it's like, no, that's actually the most merciful thing he could have done. He took away your shame. He allowed you to keep breathing. And then he came and he took your punishment away for you. Right. If for a wretch the, you gotta like see you. the whole story of what god accomplished you gotta see the whole thing yeah yeah and that's the what we call the gospel the good news. it's the good right? news yeah the scripture tells us the just requirement of the law was fully met in jesus mm. like yeah it was fulfilled in him do, god yeah. did by sending his son mm-hmm. the likeness of sinful flesh to die in our place yeah but that doesn't but here's the problem with maybe you even agree with everything i just said do you agree with that, Mike? Let's yeah, find I out. Yeah, I love what you said. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> I was. We were talking before that we would pretend that I didn't agree with yeah, you. Yeah, and then take it to the furthest. Yeah, we don't yeah. want to confuse people. Yeah, true. Yeah. But maybe for you listening, you have heard everything I just said, and you're like, okay, I, that makes sense logically. I see how the steps have, have taken me there. But why does this not give me any peace or, or comfort when, um, like, a child passes away or when... Um, my, mo- my mother or brother or sister who way before their time, uh, was due, like maybe they passed away young and not peacefully in old age. And, and that still causes a lot of grief and a lot of pain and a lot of, uh, frustration even maybe anger at God too. Hmm. And so why, if, if death is just like this, you know, proper response to sin, and we know that, that, that God has taken this punishment for us, why isn't that enough to, to reset my perspective of death why is why do i still feel like um so raw in these moments of loss and why do i feel still feel so like sad and lost and frustrated that's a great question well i think like it doesn't follow that um like just because we're saying death is not bad in itself or even if we're gonna say like we earned it yeah which we did yeah right we earned for ourselves the wages of sin is death that doesn't mean i it doesn't mean that it's not sad and that we don't grieve over those things. I don't think that that one would then follow. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think that there's something inside of us that longs for the way things ought to have been. Hmm. God did not create it Mm -hmm. initially to be like this. Yeah. Right. Sin entered the world through us, through our folly, through us. And so I forget who I was reading a while ago, but it's like, it's right for us. Oh, it was uh, Daryl Johnson in his book about the Beatitudes. Of course, yeah. And he Great talks book. about that, about like, um, as we grieve, it's because we understand that like the world is not the way that it ought to mm. be, right? This stage should right? never have and been I, here. Of yeah. course, every time that we see the result of sin, yeah. which is all these awful things that we see, I, like, I don't think just 
like death itself is yeah that's not the only but it's like death and decay and evil in the world yeah degradation and perversion and yeah and so of course we would be sad when we see and everyone whether you're a christian or not you would say things like it just shouldn't be this way yeah it shouldn't be this way and so it makes us sad yeah but uh, we have to remember like we earned this for ourselves Mm -hmm. right each one of us actually earned it for ourselves and so it's quite silly when we get upset about it. Yeah. I love what you said before we started. Like, it's actually expected. Yeah. And when you really understand the gospel and how things are unfolding, it is really expected. Yeah, it shouldn't take you by surprise. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. what makes the good news so good. So good. Yeah. Right. So so does, uh, does how would you conclude? Like we said, okay, we'll talk about this. Does God cause bad things to happen? Does he allow bad things to happen? Where are you at? Yeah, I it, like I think this idea of sovereignty obviously implies ownership, um, and the fact that God is sovereign over the good and the bad. He's sovereign over the angels in heaven, the angels ministering here on earth, and the devil down below, wherever you think down below is. Um, <laughs> regardless, he's sovereign over it, and I think that lesson is taught quite clearly, like in the book of Job, how the devil has to ask for permission to uh, be able to inflict all of these different um, terrible things on Job, this, this and faithful servant. Side note, do you, in your study, like what you've seen, do you think Job is literal or do you think it's more of a, a lesson, like a symbolic lesson? Oh, great question. Because I think this, yeah. I mean, either way, it would, it would have the same implication. Like Job the person or this conversation that happens about, like, Job being sifted? Oh. Let's say, do you think Job the person was a real thing? Because obviously this conversation about sifted, I think, does take place. It does take place? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I think Job was a literal person. You do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know there's a little, I guess, debate on for people if they think it is or not. But I think definitely this conversation of sifting Mm -hmm. um, 100% happens. Um, Because, I mean, it wouldn't make sense even if you interpret that book to be symbolic. Mm it wouldn't make sense that the symbol would be wrong. So <laughs> so I think that it still shows us this hierarchy of how God is sovereign over even the bad things in our life. Um, and allowing people to be sifted to test their faith, I think, is definitely one reason why bad things happen. Um, why don't we look at maybe like Judas? Do you think when it says that Judas was like tempted, like that seed of temptation was was planted, um, by Satan, by the devil, by the deceiver. Do you think like God allowed the devil to plant that temptation in Judas? Um, I won't even say what I think. Yeah, I want to hear what you think. Yes. I yeah. Think absolutely. Yeah, I think so too. Like yeah, because it's the gospel. Himself, yeah. Like, the enemies asked that he can sift you, but I've prayed to the Father that your faith might remain. Mm. Right. I. That's a paraphrase, but that's what Jesus says. And so I think that's the truth, true for all of us. Mm-hmm. And we know that that's the position that Jesus actually plays actively right now. That mm. he's interceding, interceding on our behalf. On yeah. our behalf, right? And always pointing to the Father of what he accomplished for us, of right. course, right? But he's also interceding for us in our daily life. And so that what would he be interceding for if there was no hardship uh, to come our way? So I think, of course. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I agree as well. I mean, I think that's the whole idea. So then that leads so, to this question. We only have like a few more minutes. 
but it leads to this question, okay, so then what do we do? What's our role? How much of, a, how much of it falls on us uh, and the choices that we make? Do we have choice? You know, With a few minutes, minutes left, you want to take it to yeah. the free will we question? Can always, we can always <laughs> just come back in a second episode. Okay, I love that. Yeah. I did not think you were going to land there. but We let's, literally let's, did at the start of this. No, I know. I thought it. like with how we were pacing it out that we were saving it, but no, I love we it. We're, save it. We're not going to save it. We're going to hop in. Now. Yeah. Especially now. That well, it's a great question. Like, so what, what, is, what is it? What's our role in all of this? Abs- Do we have any? I think first off, A, yeah. absolutely we have a role to play. Okay. I think prayer is meaningless if we don't have a role to play. Hmm. Um, he, the Holy Spirit, will set out what the proper path is, what direction to go. We are invited in as co-laborers of Christ to partake in that. Hmm. So our role is to be active. It's to be uh, a part of the church. It's to be a part of what the Holy Spirit is trying to accomplish. You also said, interestingly, that... Um, the Holy Spirit works through all of us um, to accomplish these good things that we don't accomplish any good thing on our own. Um, I think I kind of agree with that. <laughs> I think that the good thing you guys can't see, but I'm putting little quotes, the good thing, the good path, the good purposes in our life have all been set out for us by the Holy Spirit or by God and through the Holy Spirit. And so as we are invited to come into what he's set before us, I see why you're saying that means that um, this then takes place, that it's not us doing the good thing because he's the one who's already decided what the good thing is. We just get to be brought into it. But I think the fact that we can choose whether or not we're brought into it means that we definitely do have a will. We have free will. And I did say on Sunday that it's to people who are obedient to him. So right. You have a moment yes. Where you need to choose yes. obedience, right? And that is what we call free will. Yeah. You can either build your wall up and not listen mm. and do your own thing, sure. which he'll let you do. Yeah. That's the freedom. <laughs> or you can choose to participate in the only good thing, which is whatever God wants to do. Yeah, but the point that I'm making on Sunday is that the good thing is not to your credit. Absolutely. Right. True. Yeah, the good thing is All not for your glory. Yes to God. Yeah, you just joined in on what he was already doing. Mm. But you do actively still have to join in and you are called to do so. So there is free will. There is free will. There is free will. Even though but God you just can't do any good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Even though God's sovereign, we still have. Yeah, absolutely. Pray. Even though God is sovereign in his, in his grace, he allows free will for the sake of love, for the sake of authentic love. So what is our role to play? Let's maybe just leave that for people who are listening. We can, so God yeah. Is sovereign overall mm-hmm. over all of us he is at work through all of us and he's remaining within all of us mm. what is our role to play in that i think the best advice that i've ever been given in, in how to participate not even as a minister but just as a follower of christ who gave you the advice is actually pastor reg oh okay. yeah okay he just said this whatever you do just be willing and obedient mm. those are the the two key words that you hold to because your obedience demonstrates your love for Jesus and your willingness to participate in his plans are what's going to hasten the, the kingdom of God here on earth. So that's all you, that's, that's it. Just willing be and willing obedient. and be obedient. Listen for where he's trying to call you. And then when he does call you, go there. That's Gosh, it. That's good advice. Way to go, Pastor Reg. Can we give a shout out to him in the description Come on. down below? Can we do that, Luke? Let's link shout his out. Instagram. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Josh, do you want to 
we're going to close. Here. Let's pray it we're up. Gonna, yeah, you yeah. pray for us, and then we'll wrap it up. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, Father, we thank you for uh, this summer where we have, we've heard from your Spirit um, guiding us uh, through this book of Ephesians. Thank you for um, even planting this, 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 um, this seed of unity within our church. Would you continue to, uh, to grow it? Would you continue to water it? Would it be um, just a, a key characteristic of our church body, that we're a unified body, unified about what you've called us to do, and willing to, to let go of anything that um, in the long run is really unimportant? Um, anything that would hinder us from this mission that you've called us to, which is to spread the gospel far and wide, teach in every corner of the world, and proclaim your good news. Uh, would you receive all the glory uh, through this mission that you have for the church? And and for us in our personal lives, would we learn this lesson of, of unity as well? Would we recognize that each step of the way that you are above us, you work through us, and you dwell in us. And through you, we are able to find peace with our brothers and sisters whom we would normally disagree with. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Unpacking Sunday is a podcast of Caribou Road Christian Fellowship Church. If you're interested in more information, please check out our website at www.crcfchurch.com.